0: Welcome to the 87th episode of the No Degree Podcast. Today's guest is Jonathan Lamore. Jonathan is a sous chef. He started his career as a dishwasher in a restaurant. He is the type of person who is cool with everyone. So he made sure to learn everything he could. He worked at different stations when the other people would take a smoke break and started learning about the different parts of the kitchen. He worked at all types of restaurants throughout his career. He worked at hotels, restaurants, and currently works at a club. He always adds his own flavor to his dishes and experiments with things. He always had a positive attitude, and this friendly attitude is what allowed him to move up as a chef. Listen to follow Jonathan's journey. Visit nodegree.com to start your journey. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Every sub is appreciated. This show wouldn't be possible without you. Let's get this show started. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. Today's guest is Jonathan Lemoore. And he's a chef, and he's going to tell his story. But before you do that, I would appreciate if you guys subscribe on YouTube, drop a like, comment, or share, share on your favorite platform, tell one friend that you think would benefit from this episode. So now, Jonathan, do you want to give a brief introduction of yourself?
1: Yeah, man. My name is Jonathan. I was born in Haiti, and I started working in the kitchen as a a dishwasher, and I end up now. I'm a chef, so. It's a whole long backstory and everything, a lot of mistakes, a lot of good things happening. I'm still learning. I'm still a student of
0: the game. Okay. I mean, I love that mindset. And for those of you in the audience, check out his LinkedIn. He shares some cool things and you bring some actual flavor to the platform. So let's kind of take it back. What you want to be in high school?
1: Yeah, in high school. So um, I'm from Haiti. So my... um, African parents or Haitian parents and Latin parents, they all want their kids to be doctors, lawyers, or engineers. So, you know, of course, I wanted to be like a, I think I want to be an engineer just, but my dad is also an artist, like, <clears throat> where well, he can do a lot of painting and stuff like that. But I always, I, I'm, I look up to my dad, even though he didn't really raise me, but I always, I thought I always that my dad was a cool guy, man. He always had the nice cars and everything. And I'm like that too. So, but um, I wanted to do that. And one day after I had my first son and I, I went to get a job as a busboy and uh, they ended up wanting someone to be a dishwasher. So I started working as a dishwasher. And then um, by working as a dishwasher, you know, I, I, I'm cool with everybody. That's just the type of person I am. So the cooks like to take smoke break. I don't smoke, sir. I don't smoke cigarettes or something. So um, I did take the smoke break. I'll clean the station and wrap everything up for them. So... I guess they felt like I was cool enough since I was doing it. So I ended up having to hang out with them a little bit in the kitchen. And they put me in a pizza station and Sally station and it all goes from there. And I keep pushing. I mean, when I was younger, I kinda I kinda had a shape on my shoulder. I don't know, I wanted to be tough, man. I'm a small guy, I always feel like I got, you know what I mean? So by me, like, keep on going, keep on pushing, I realize I just have to be a little bit more mature and understand how this thing works. That's when I started to progress, like when I changed my attitude a little bit and started um, pushing and keeping it positive. I always tell people, whatever you do, just keep it positive. I think positivity is the most powerful thing in the world.
0: Now, so, Positivity is contagious and it just leads a lot of good things. It attracts a lot of the right people. So, you know, you start working as a dishwasher. How And you worked up to Lancaster. So how was the progression? Like, did you, was it like a few months as a dishwasher? And then they said, hey, Jonathan, can you start doing this how, how did that happen
1: No, I started as I was working as a dishwasher and but I'll wander
0: around so but when everybody goes smoke I just wrap the station and so I'm saying did they ever say hey you're too good to be a dishwasher or you not' nah.
1: of course not it was you know people call out so There I was a guy that called out that was making pizza and the chef kind of showed me how to do the pizza and then I jump on there and they started making pizzas and I ended up um, working as a pizza guy. And so they feel like I can be
0: like the salad. Nice. So now, how long were you at that first restaurant for?
1: Uh, I think it was probably six months I think they put me on a line and I ended up working there for five years as a line cook.
0: Okay, so you're a line cook. Now, did you get another promo Like, what's the next step after being a line cook?
1: So a line cook, and then there's something I call a a cook one. A cook one is what comes after the supervisor. So I work as a cook one for a while in different restaurants. I work at Morimoto South Beach. I work at the Biltmore Hotel in Miami. And then um, after that, I went to Ocean Meat Club, which is where I'm working now. And then I was a cook one at the Ocean Meat Club. And then they realized they need someone to be a supervisor. I can see that I fit to do that. So I was a supervisor, which is a junior sous chef, and then I ended up becoming a sous chef and worked there. So since then, so me to me, the best thing about being a sous chef to me is uh being able to be creative. So like, as you can see, my dishes like I put a lot of thought and a lot of love to it. So that's
0: that's my favorite thing about being a sous chef is to create. Yeah. So let's kind of take it back. Would you want to be in high school? You said you you said the doctor, Lord, and, and you know you said some of that, but was there anything else you wanted to be? I want to be a music producer, man.
1: Okay. To be honest, I want to be a, a music producer, but after I had my first son, I realized, yo, I don't got time to be waiting to be, <laughs> you yeah. know, for someone to hear from me. And then, you know, I don't want to be one of those guys. So um, that's when I got a job. And by me having a job as a dishwasher, um, give me a career. So, being you know, like, that's what I tell people whatever opportunity you have, man. To, just take the opportunity and run with it and you might end up making the, the best out of it and create a whole career out of
0: the small, the opportunity that you thought might be small. Looking back, did you ever think, like when you started as a dishwasher, did you ever think you would end up where you are today?
1: Um, not really. I thought I just had a job trying to uh, take care of what I have to take care of. And I realized I, fought, I ended up with Chef Juven Jean, who is Haitian just like me. Um, chefs, I always know chefs is like, I mean, no disrespect or not chefs. To me, chefs like, it's a bunch of big guys that are just angry all the time. I'm not an angry guy, so I never wanted, I'm like, nah, nah, that's not me, I can't do like that. So my mentor Chef Juven, like, he fit. He's like a nice guy, he's a cool guy, he makes the whole thing look cool, maybe being a chef look cool. So I look at him like, yo, so I can do that too, is this guy, me and him, practically have the same demeanor. So, you know what I mean? I feel like I, he's the reason why I am who I am today. Like, just by looking at him and watching him how he does things. It's not necessarily only about cooking. It's about the, like, the attitude, like the, the demeanor. Like, to me, I feel, now I feel like the chef should be like the guy like all the girls want. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like, all the people <laughs> wanna taste his food. It's not like some angry guy who cuss everybody out. I never wanna be that guy, so.
0: Yeah, now, What would you say, how is it like working in the kitchen? You said, you know, it really helped you that you're a cool, friendly guy. But obviously I know it gets stressful. So how does someone get used to that environment? Because I know, look, I used to be like a cashier at Popeye's and I remember in (laughs) in the background, I remember when you get these screaming customers and stuff. But And that's like food that's like quicker to make, simple processes in like a restaurant is different. You got to cook this chicken, you got to cook this. You gotta go cut this thing up and all that. So how is that?
1: Um, I think I always tell people you have to be crazy to work in this industry. There's no, nothing about being normal about this. Okay? So it's fire, it's noise, it's screaming and yelling, it's like a bunch of people running like past each other and stuff. So, you know, like if you're normal, if you're like a normal guy, you need to go do something else. Like, you know, we're a student time or something else. But like to be a chef, you have to be crazy. There's no way you're just a normal guy and be a chef.
0: So, you know, one thing about you when we were talking before, you mentioned how you like that rush, you like that busyness, you like that. So, tell me more about that.
1: Um, it, it's like, the excitement of it because in life, sometimes um, we're so busy thinking about bills and other stuff we have to do and. You know, there's no way for us to escape. Like, to me, that's my escape. Just the rush and go crazy. Like, you know, the joke around. Like, I like to have fun and talk, you know, talk shit in the kitchen. and Everybody talks shit to me. I'm not some guy who I'm so important. You can't talk shit. It's like high school to me. You know, when you go to high school, everybody, we talk shit about the guy with the fucked up shoes and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's how the kitchen is to me, man. Yeah,
0: they'll be like, hey, man don't burn another salmon stop grilling the chicken.
1: Yeah, in. yeah. Stop fucking shit up. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, 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 I mean, that's cool. That's how you have a good environment. Yeah. So now, you worked at the first job, you said, you know, like the four to five years. Why did you decide to leave and what came next?
1: Uh, I wanted to evolve. That was a French restaurant I and mean, we was cooking a lot of French food doing a lot of things. I wanted to do something else. Because as a, as a chef, if you've... It's not only as a chef, as a creator, like someone like you, you want... You want to do something different. You don't just want to do the same thing over and over. So I wanted to live in. I went to my remote South Beach, which is a Japanese restaurant. When I worked there, nobody in this English. Everybody speak Japanese. So that was my challenge there. And, um, you know, I, I survived, man. So Did you learn a little Japanese? Know, not really, but I, I just thought everybody sounded angry. But it was, <laughs> <laughs> but it was all good. I learned like. I'll survive anything. Man. That's uh, I'm Haitian, so, survive anything.
0: so now, how is it? So you had the experience from a French restaurant. How was it different now that you're going to a Japanese restaurant? Like, what stayed the same and what changed? Um,
1: the craziness is the same. Like, that's never going to change. But the the food was different and the, the restaurant has sushi. They made sushi there and everything. And I learned to, how to deal with different cultures. Like, because French cuisine is very close to Haitian cuisine. so. It's a lot of similarities sometimes, except Haitian cuisine is better. But but, um, that's what I learned there mostly the food and the different people from different cultures.
0: Okay. So now, how long were you at the Japanese restaurant for?
1: Um, A year. I was there for a year and they closed down. So I had to.
0: Yeah. And that's something in the business, right? That a lot of people have to realize. I think what's the stat like 90% fail within the first year. And then you know X amount within next three years. So that's something that a lot. of... Have you seen that happen to a lot of cooks, where they go to a new restaurant and then all of a sudden and they close down, and now they gotta sort of find something.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a hard business, man. So you know, sometimes people, certain restaurants just doesn't survive and stuff, and people just have to move
0: on. Yeah. So now that restaurant closed down. Now, do you mind sharing? Like, what do you think contributed to the close down? Like, was there anything you could have done or it was more like the business? Because I want to make sure that listeners of this podcast can identify like, hey, when things are going south and they, you know, can, should start at least prepping themselves.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I think it was more like the restaurant was inside of a hotel. It looked, I think they rented the restaurant in a hotel and the hotel probably kept on rising their prices. And, their, you know, <laughs> sometimes people
0: do. No, I mean, it, it's tough because sometimes they just, I, I seen a restaurant... New ownership took it over, but their rent was like, okay, now your rent is 20000 a month because they had this lease yeah. 10, 20 years. And then times change. Like, you know, plus, especially a place like New York City, rents change, demographics change. Like
1: crazy, just like Miami. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so you,
0: you already know. So then what, what came next? What was the next restaurant you went into? I
1: went to a hotel called the man Hotel. This is like probably one of the old, oldest hotels in America. It's like, it was built in like 1926. I think they used it for the World War uh to as a hospital at one point. It was mm-hmm. very cool. It was cool working there. I work in a uh at an Italian restaurant there called the Fontana. And I was like, I was the weakest link in that kitchen now. Uh, you know, usually that's the thing about a kitchen, man. You start, you start working there, you don't know shit yet. So you just learning. You keep on learning on the fly, you keep learning that, but you have to keep pushing because sometimes people make you feel bad if you're not strong enough, you can just give up and go work at AT&T or some shit. But um, I just kept on pushing, kept on pushing. I'm very, um, I am, I'm very competitive in a good way, though, not like in a malicious way And the front. Yeah, I like friendly competition in there. So, but when when people start pushing me, telling me, you know, so they end up, you know, like, I don't want you at the front no the more. they feel like I wasn't good enough. So they sent me to work backwards so a banquet, working banquet. So banquets, you cook everything like all kind of different foods because you don't party for like, for like um you know Asian people sometimes like for French people, you don't Caribbean people. So you cook everything, and um that's what really like that's how I really learned a lot of stuff is by working banquet. That's what taught me a lot, you know, as far as like cooking and stuff. So yeah, man. So after I, like, I, when I was working banquet, I end up at Ocean Leaf Club where I'm working now, which is a private club. And um, after that, the rest was history. So I'm working in the like high volume restaurant at Ocean Reef Club, where you do like three, four hundred people, and that's where I'm at now. And I'm the chef one of the chefs now. Yeah, now sir, and I'm really enjoying. Yeah,
0: no. So now you know, compared to hotel, how is a Reef Club like a, a cl- Is it like a country club or how is it? Can you? Yeah,
1: it it's a country club man, where they have everything in there from airport to hospital and golf course all kind of shit like they got like 11 different restaurants fucking five hotels and shit
0: crazy shit crazy stuff so how is it because I I know like sometimes as a chef working in a country club you know there's some it's just a little different and then there's a it's a like the pay is different and the stability is different because now it's like you're part of the members you establish the relationships whereas like in other restaurants they don't know who the cook is they don't know who the chef is right but in these areas they know and you have to really know the customers so can you talk about like the shift and how was it transitioning to something like that
1: when I was working as an online cook they, they wanted to promote me but so the type of person I am what you see is kind of what you get I'm not good at restricting uh who I am like to make people comfortable so um they you know of course they was nervous about their like, and we don't. You know, they probably thought I was going to walk to the guys and start talking, the members and start talking crazy, which I would never do. I don't think nobody would do that. So they was worrying about that, and they still took a chance with me. And I feel like the members really like the rawness of me, like the way I talk. And I talk to people normal. I don't like to just be like, hey, I warn you. I'm about you, can, you just can tell I don't talk like that. So that's why I don't it but at the same time I know how to be I'm, I'll be civilized I'll talk to people like with respect and stuff but I just don't change my voice or any that stuff like
0: oh you keep it cool people respect you
1: yeah man and yeah I'm a genuine guy and then the people can sense that you yeah. can you can sense real people so I think the people really love that about me now so it' all, it all ended up working out the worries end up being something good
0: so now what was tough about switching to a country club
1: um I don't think it was much that was tough, except for like it was a very. I, I'm used to fine dining, so this is like borderline fine dining, but high volume at oh, the same so time. Tough. Like, right, yeah. So I had to get used to that, but you know, now I'm good. I mean, it's a seafood restaurant, and we do a lot of covers. We make like a million a month. A lot of, you know, yeah. So if I say a million a month, you know what we deal with, and they're like, oh, um, see so, but I'm used to it, man, and I'm enjoying
0: it, man. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's the thing. So let's kind of talk about what were some of the mistakes you've made along the way? And what are the mistakes that you see other you know, people in the industry make?
1: The only mistake I made is, is what I can change. I, I wish I would have started way early. So when did you start? I was like almost 30. And now I'm 40, though, so... Yeah, so I started. If I would have started way earlier, which I'm sure was for a reason, you know, everything happened for a reason. But I feel like if I was way earlier, I probably would have been further. Or maybe that's good. I started like that because having a kid or getting older makes you way more ambitious than you could have No,
0: that makes sense. You so you started as you a dishwasher at 30, right? No, I was like
1: 20 something, not
0: 30. That was almost 30. So what'd you do in between before the dishwasher? What was the job you had before that?
1: I, you know, I'm an immigrant, I don't have no papers, so I can't work. Like every night and then you work under the table, but it's not much. So that's that's how my life was for a very long time. And until uh, I end up having my papers, and that's when I started as a dishwasher. So um, if you think about it, I don't know if you're I'm an your immigrant or yeah, your yeah. parents. Okay, so your parents, these are the people everybody admire because they come we, we all come here with nothing. Don't speak the language and don't do anything. And it be like 10 years later, your parents own a house. You know what I mean? So immigrants are like the strongest people in the world to me, man, because we come here with nothing in it. We always like most of us make something out of ourselves. If you don't, or if you don't make something out of ourselves, we uh, set our kids up to, to do it, which I'm sure yeah, your parents for you. Yeah, so this is so this is me. Like your parents is me. Like I'm your parents in a way, like when it comes to, like, being an immigrant. So I can relate to them. Like, we can literally finish my sentence with everything I'm saying, as far as, like, coming here and not having anything with something out of
0: it. So, I mean, how is it, you know, not having the papers? Like, how, How? you know, how do you think about the future? Because now it's just like, look, I just got to make ends meet. Like, how'd you survive?
1: Um, I survive, um, like, every day. Like, whatever I can get, man. I remember sleeping in my car for a while, man, having to, like, brush my teeth at Burger King and McDonald's and shit. And, but I still haven't had a smile. Like, the good thing about immigrants, we still have a smile on our face, though. Like, you know what I mean? Because this is nothing. Well, when we go through here is nothing to what we was going through when we was in our country. So we're looking at people here like, yo, you having a temptation about this shit? Get the fuck out of here, man. You know what I mean? So that's how we look at other people who are spoiling and shit, too.
0: No, I, I remember one time I was in Popeye's not working, but I, you know, I like on here or there. And then I remember like the lady, the cashier gave her like a hot sauce packet and she was like, she's ready to throw it. She threw a tantrum. She's like, oh my God, what if my son had a hot sauce packet? Blah, blah, blah. You guys this, I demand this for free. And I was thinking like, okay, like your son should taste yeah, some hot man. sauce here. <laughs> it's not like your son's like a baby. Yeah, it's, it's like, not- or just don't give him the packet, you know? So it's not that serious, and I think that's a very important attitude to have. Obviously, look, things happen. But be nice about it. Well, you know, most people just—they're trying to do their best. They're not intentionally just trying to do anything. And you know, at the end of the day, it's like, look, life will be better that way. You won't be as sort of as angry.
1: Come on, take it
0: easy. Life is too short, brother. Like you know, let's just have fun and enjoy. So, what were the things you did right? Like when you said you had a lot of career growth when you changed your attitude. What caused you to change your attitude? Um,
1: like I said, the the chef, the guy I was telling you about, my mentor, I watched how he do things, and he was an executive chef, and he was my age. So um, you know, I look I looked up to him a lot, and I see how he act those people. Like you don't have to have a big reaction about everything. You don't have to think about violence about everything. And that's what I—that's when I learned. That, you know, that's when I learned how to be a better person. It teach me. It taught me how to be a better person, a better chef, a better cook, and even a better father. I man, like um, even with my kids, man. Now I rather talk to them instead of getting mad at them, and they understand me more morning. So a lot of it comes from that. As far as like me doing something I love, or where I study, I'm like, this is what I love to do. So once once you love to do something, it's like you're not working because every day i'm in, I'm literally in a good mood almost every day because I enjoy what i do so that's a big blessing to me.
0: how has the industry changed over time because now I know that delivery is much more common right so this is changing how you know the workflow of the kitchen and all that I don't know obviously yours is a country club so it may be different but how has the industry changed over time
1: the industry changed just like i was just telling you how changed the attitude so now we got more like younger chefs. No one care about being the angriest person in the kitchen, no more. You know, everybody just trying to be creative and do it. Like, you know, make it look good, make being a chef look cool and good instead of just angry. Like you know, you still got the old school guys, or you still got the the guys that look up so much to the old school guys where they don't just learn the, the craft, they learn their attitude to any trying to use it, which it never worked out for them like that.
0: How do you? learn the craft right so it's like you learn from someone but then there's also like you got to modify the recipes like how do you go about getting better because in some areas people just eat and they don't come back so then you know how, how do you kind of know like what's the process for getting better
1: um me i'm ai ve- am i believe in being genuine and being real well with myself and being who i am so whatever i cook i'll add my uh culture to it and i'm hating I always add my culture, my Asian spicy. I, I like to cook mostly fusion food. Cause I like to put add my whatever Asian do like whatever is that in our cuisine. I'll add it to whatever dish I make. I don't care if it's an Asian dish or French or Italian. I'll always add my culture. Cause this is so. This is part of who I am. You know, I make like I'll make uh, jollof rice, which is African, and then but I'll use like I'll fry with I'll fry the fish with cornmeal right? And I make like an okra stew and I use Asian, Asian, uh, creole so freedom, which we call apis, to make the, to make the okra stew. So the, the African rice with the fried uh, fish, called fried fish, which is like basically soul food, which is like African American. And then the okra stew, which is Asian. So this is how I approach my cooking. You know, it's like I want it to be, I want someone to taste my food and feel like this somewhere else, like in a tropical island or in the middle of the east or in Africa or anywhere, like, you know, I want you to travel with my flavor. That's that's the kind of person, the kind of shit that I mean.
0: That's cool. So I definitely gotta come down and taste your food. Now, what would you say is your biggest accomplishment? Okay, my biggest accomplishment in the kitchen
1: is when I, is to lead other people other people to be good, like to be better, like as far as like cooking and everything, or like as far as being a chef. And my the other accomplishment in the kitchen is like the reaction of the guests. So this is like an everyday thing, right? Like my the reaction of the guests is something I get every day. So I feel like I accomplish something every day. Like you know what I mean like I feel like I'm extra achieving things every day just by <clears throat> having people tasting my food and their reaction, how they react to it. Or like when they come and i like, well, six months ago I had this. You, you think you're going to have that again? You know, all that stuff. Uh, this is accomplishment to me. This is where I feel very accomplished. In my life, my biggest accomplishment is my kids. Uh, I have two sons. One is uh, 14, one is 10. And like when you look at their report card, you see they're good, grade. And I never had that, man. Like when I was a kid, I used to be wilding wild. now. So when I see them doing it, that's a big accomplishment to me because I I can tell they're going to be better than me. So this is really
0: cool too. No, I mean that's always good when you see your kids and you you see, hey, look, they're gonna be gone places. And and you're you play a huge part in that. So that's always very cool to see. So now, what was the hardest period of your life that you went through?
1: I think my hardest period of my life is when I was a kid. I was really young in the Haitian. I watched my mom, like um, it was at one point where my dad wasn't doing much for us. And I remember it was on the Sunday afternoon and Monday school was about to start, and I didn't have no uniform yet and my mom didn't have the money. And she had to, um, I don't know what she did, man, but she came with the fabric at the house, but she didn't know, she didn't have no one to make the uniform. So I watched my mom overnight, dog, with a needle and thread, make my uniform. And I went to school the next morning. That's what happened. So my mom, to me, my mom is a superhero, man. Like, you know, it's not everybody. You know, I can't even do that. I don't think I can even do that. I'm not even that good of a parent. I don't think to do that. So yeah,
0: I mean, I'd probably have to steal something here. from a store at that point, man. <laughs> No doubt. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I probably know yeah, yeah. that. That is crazy. So
1: as a young kid, that was hard for me to watch my mom um, hurting and feeling bad because she watching her kid. So if you're a parent, you know, like your kid is your number one priority. So for you to know, your kid might not be able to go to school the next day because of financial. Uh, financial problems. Or, I can tell that that hurts her. And even as a kid, you know that hurt me too much my no, mom hurt her That was probably
0: one of the hardest thing I um, I've So now, have you ever felt like sort of insecure about not having a college degree? Because I know in like I know African community that's like you gotta be a, even if you're a doctor, you got there's some other doctor that's better than you. You know, I I grew up with that. So how is it not having the degree?
1: I was, uh, my dad would make me feel insecure all the time. Right? You know, he just keep on reminding me all the time. But I, I always, even now, I always feel like I'm going to be very successful. I always feel like that. The, the only way for me not to be successful is for me not to get no opportunity at all. And you give me anything, I don't care how small it is, I'm going to take it and run with it too. That's the type of person I am. I watch people give me opportunity and I run with it so much. You can tell me that you're a little salty about it. They don't even they don't tell me. Or you can tell, you that know, what this guy can do Even after they give me the opportunity. So that's how I am. If you don't, I, I know I'm going to be successful.
0: Man. Yeah. No, I mean, thank you for sharing that. And you are, I mean, you have a great attitude. And I think just being nice and being good to be around. So now let's talk about, and you don't have to share yours, but what does someone in this industry make? Like, what does a dishwasher make now?
1: Now, when I was a dishwasher, I was getting paid $8, dollars seven dollars I don't remember, like, around 7 something $8. But now dishwasher make like 11 twelve dollars which is still not it's still not enough because you know things are very expensive but that's it
0: okay so and then what's the next level so dishwasher what's the next promotion look like and how much they get paid so what if you know they start being a line cook how much are they looking to make
1: so dishwasher they don't give you a promotion you have to you have to uh go on and get it in. so by the way yeah so if you become a line cook you might get fifteen dollars or 40, 15 dollars to be a line cook and work there. If you're ambitious enough, you keep pushing and, you you know, you move up. You start with that. Day, you
0: know, so. How much is it, you know, and give me a range. So the line cook, then there's sous-chef, right? Or assisted sous-chef. So how much is it at this level?
1: A sous-chef get like 50000 a year to start, yeah. And then after that, you might go up to like $55,000. 60,
0: and so based on... Sort of your path, where would you say was like the best environment? If you were to look back, you're like, let's say you're 18 years old and you got this now. What are you, how are you attacking this industry? No, right now you're 18. Let's say you, you know, hey, this is what I'm going to do. What's the path that you would kind of go? Well, you're already, you're you're, right. You're not going to start as the, (laughs) you know, the sous chef, but what advice would you have for an 18 year old who's looking to start right now? An
1: 18 year old, uh, if you start as a dishwasher, do a really good job. Do a really good job as a dishwasher because people, like, the work ethic is work ethic, though. No matter what you do doing, your work ethic. So if they see you, your work ethic is really good as a a dishwasher, if the guy's not selfish, because some people are selfish as hell, though. Like, they're like, this guy good as a dishwasher. I don't want him to move up. I want him to keep being good as a dishwasher. But if the guy is not selfish, he'll give you a chance to do something else if you really prove yourself to go do it. And once you do it and you keep pushing, you keep having the same work ethic. That's when you can move up. But if you like a lousy dishwasher, nobody ain't going to
0: give you a chance to be
1: enlightened because you're already lousy. Like, your attitude is not that good, So,
0: And then, yeah. so now, I like what you said. So, in this industry, it's like you got to go get the promotion. It's not like, hey, you're six months as a dishwasher and your dishwasher level two or something. It's just, yeah, you got to take...
1: Yeah, you have to go get it, man. That You know, that's, that, that's a New York attitude to have anyways, man. You have to go get it, man. You don't wait for nobody to give you anything. Yeah, me, the way, the way, I don't beg people. Like, like when I was a to become a sous chef, I, I didn't go beg for it. I did a tasting and, and then it was like me and three other guys doing tasting. And, you know, you know, fortunately mine came out like as the best one. So they picked me. But you have to literally go get it. A lot of people like, I, watch, I witness a lot of people who like extra fucking nice to the boss. The boss say some corny shit. This guy dying laughing. Like, like, bro, come on, get out of here with that bullshit. Man. Like, that shit was not funny. And because the guy, you know what I mean? So that's how a lot of people move up to certain things. They like extra nice to everybody. I mean, to the big boss, like literally everybody like crap, self built the big boss, like, you know, like God, so you, they can move up. That never works out either. You don't get nowhere like that. They're like, they put you there, now you can't deliver, and you get embarrassed. So I, I always encourage people, you don't have to. Go watch the big boss car or any of that shit, man. Just keep doing your thing, man. Keep on like Jay, he says. Keep on sharpening you know, level. Like, keep on sharpening everything. You still sharpening. You still a student of the game. You're gonna move up, and just by your work, speaking for yourself, you don't have to beg nobody or say nothing. I never
0: did any of that, man. And at the end of the day, if you, if your food doesn't taste good, nothing else matters. Or if you are doing the same shit you was doing since 1992,
1: have you seen my food, right? Like, I create like I literally come with most of this stuff from the top of my head. I don't like to say because it sounds like I'm bragging, but it's the truth, man. Like sometimes 30 minutes prior before I make it, I come up with it. So it's like yeah, you have to keep on um, creating, man. Like don't you don't have to follow some something some French guy did in 1991 to be a chef. You can or you can take his and make it better, make it yours. Yeah. So that's so now,
0: how is it that you're a chef, right? During your work. Now, how is it cooking at home? My son leave a note for me saying, hey, how much
1: frank pasta do you know, man? I'm looking at this guy, you 10, man. Why you asking <laughs> me for some pasta and all this? That? Yeah, but that's that's how they treat me. Like, I'm a personal chef.
0: So, how is cooking a little different at home? Because I know, like, the you don't have the same ovens, you don't have the same space yeah. and all that. It's, it's
1: still fun. It's still fun, man. So if I don't have an air fryer and all that, but it's still fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now, what is your best dish? To me, my best dish it have to come from my culture. It's a uh, it's a whole red snap a whole snapper, whole snapper uh, basically steam with the Creole sofrito. You, are you laughing? No, I'm man? Bengali. But you I'm know Bengali. what? Is, oh, uh, I just be thinking everybody's laughing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, a sofrito you make it. You, uh, Basically, take all herbs and put them in the blender and then um, use uh, tomato paste and all that with peppers and onion. And you just marinate the whole fish and put it on there with fish stock and cover and steam it like that. And that's like one of my favorite things. And I don't eat meat, but my favorite thing too is grio. Grio is a fried pork. It's like something you cook. You'd sous vide overnight and fry it. And it's really good
0: information to make like a spice. Have you, so. have you always not eaten meat, or that was something you did later in life? It's been years now because when I meat
1: or even when I eat carbs, sometimes it's just I get bloated and my stomach get hard and stuff. So
0: okay, no, makes sense. We you know we each have our own thing, and like seafood is good, man. I I love seafood.
1: Yeah, even though my dad think that makes me not yeah. man enough because you know how, you
0: know I curry man people. <laughs> now you. Have gotten all this experience, right? Yeah. Now, what other ways you learn? Do you like watch YouTube just look at other people's recipe? Like do you get inspiration like that? Like, yeah, sometimes
1: sometimes I watch videos. I, I don't read too much, but I watch a lot of videos. I'll see something, what a guy do, and then I'll I I'll make it better, like a different way. Not better, but a different way. You know, so that but I don't do that. Most likely I don't do that. I just
0: yeah, you just kinda of kind of of think about you know, and, what I can do and all that yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah, I see what I have, and I just kind of freestyle and make it. Do it like that. Oh, I take something I used to eat as a kid and then turn it into my own dish. So what are your future goals? Yo, my future goal, I want to be a brand, man. I don't want to be like a chef that works somewhere forever, walking around with a clipboard, doing that at everybody. I want to be a brand. I want to be able to make food that's like frozen food, but uh, Caribbean and healthy food at the same time. I just think we all should just get healthy and boost our immune system because the way everything is going on right now, I think we all should get more healthy. But for some reason in our neighborhood, and like my neighbor, minority's neighborhood, my old neighborhoods, we don't have healthy food. It's all you know, we get all the bad stuff. And I, we don't have whole food in our neighborhood I grew up. I don't like there's no whole food there, any of that stuff. So I wanna be able to bring that to my people, like to the people that can't afford certain things. Because I think you don't have to be rich to be, I think everybody should be healthy. You don't have to give it up until you get rich to do that. I think everybody should just be healthy and, and be happy. And when you're healthy, you have a better yeah. attitude. leads At
0: least a lot of good things.
1: Yeah, man. So like, if you, if you pay attention when you ask me my main goal, it's that I don't focus on money. Of course we want not need money and stuff, but I want to do something that will help someone. And what I'm doing it, I get paid to do it. Yeah, That's
0: no, th- I mean, look, you're, you're doing a lot of right things. You have a good background. You got that creativity. You know, you'll definitely help. And I think it's, you brought up a great point because I know like, you know, go to different neighborhoods and you look at and it's like all sodas and honey buns and cookies. Yeah, man. all
1: locos.
0: And just chips and stuff. And it's like, look, you know, once you pass high school, it, you know, you can't be eating that. And it just catches up to you. And yeah. So now, What's the craziest story that you have in the kitchen that you're that you can share?
1: The craziest story I have in the kitchen is funny, dog. Like I remember working with this guy, right? This guy, he was like, oh, that day he was a sluggish and shit. So I'm like cutting something. I was a line cook. I'm cutting some shit, and this guy came by me. Can I use your knife? I'm like, yeah, here. He took my knife and grabbed a straw and cut that shit and half went to the bathroom. This motherfucker came back full of energy. I'm in like, like, yo. What this guy just did. And then I said they told me, "Yeah, of course, he needs some cocaine." And wow, shit. that's big. <laughs> so. But, but a lot of chefs are on that man. Like uh, some people can't take pressure. Yeah, you won't see a lot of immigrant chefs like that. But because we, you know, of course, we can, we've been through worse. Though. like this is nothing. But the people who are not used to things like that, they have to be alcoholics or they have to do drugs or a lot of them. I don't know what, what's wrong with them, but they have to do all of that. Well, a lot of times they be very talented and that kind of mess them up as far as like this success. Oh, no,
0: I mean, so, I think that's very important because I want to be realistic with people in the crowd that these are things that sometimes you may see. And again, sometimes the owners, they just turn a blind eye. They're like, all right, look, the guy does his job. Again, if he, when he's not doing a good job, I'm just going to find someone else and that's it. So there's sometimes they're not invested in your long-term success. So just be mindful of that.
1: Yeah, most jobs, the most jobs aren't invested in your long term success. I'm working at, at the Ocean Reef Club is uh it's a little bit better because it's so many outlets. So um it's a little bit easier. Now, I won't say easier, but it's a little bit like more possible for you to be successful, but if you work hard enough. But it's like if you work in like a regular one regular restaurant, the owner really don't care, man. You just like I say, some people just want to make
0: money. Yeah, and just be mindful, right? Know what you're getting into, just make sure you surround yourself with right people because if you go in and the oh you know the head chef says hey make sure you take a hit of cocaine and that's how you stay productive you know don't listen to that advice nah fuck
1: that. i'm gonna do that yeah but uh, i can tell people man like you can see me with a nice clean jacket on you, know, you can see all that stuff but um it's not
0: as cute as it looks really. no i mean it's it's a tough environment and it's high pressure and you know unfortunately customers are not forgiving they like, where's my food? I wanted it. I wanted this.
1: Yeah. And it's long hours. Long at 12, 13 hours,
0: 11 hours. It's like... What are know? the typical shifts like? Like, you mentioned how many days a week are is usually expected. What are the hours like and all that? You are
1: like five, six days a week, but you always got to be working like 10, 11, yeah. 12, 13. So
0: more like an open to close kind of thing?
1: Yeah, Sometimes. Open the closet. Me, I work. I get there around 11, 12 o'clock. I get out of there by like 11. Okay, okay. 11.
0: Now, is that, that's right yeah. now. Was that always the case or? No. Right now, I work on salary.
1: I don't work hours. So they keep me very long. If you work hourly, it's a different story. You, you just work your eight, nine, ten hours.
0: Now, which right? one yeah. do you kind of prefer?
1: It's hard to tell, man. Like, because. When it's busy, if you were hourly, when it's like season, like right now season time, you make a lot yeah. of hours, so it's different. But when you when it's slow, your hours go down, so your money go down, so salary is always yeah. better. Time.
0: That's good to know because it's like you have to budget for it. So those kind of workers, right? What do they do when their hours get lower, right? What do you kind of see them supplement their income? Or what do you do? They kind of save or they take it lightly? You can tell
1: by the attitude, man, like, you know, most people, like, if they bills late, they're not the same person anymore. So, yeah, which I understand, you know, like, that's why sometimes if I come into work and that's someone extremely quiet and not talking that much. I just kind of loop them Because I understand, like, we don't just we have a kitchen life. It's real life. It's a real life, out there. I feel like, a lot of times, I feel like I'm more personable than a, a professional. That's, that's just the type of person I am. That's my heart. I have a big heart. That's just the kind of person I am. I don't just... I don't look at people as like this is just a worker that I just working. I look at people as people, their fathers, son, and you know, all that stuff. So, I, I try to understand. People.
0: No, so what advice would you have for you know just people who are really interested in this industry? How would they, other than you know starting off, you know, as sort of getting the job, how else would you suggest that they learn?
1: On the go, man. You just have to keep learning and. You can look on, watch online, or if you like to read, you can read books and stuff. Me, I'm more like a, a a video type of person, and I watch things online and get it done. And sometimes, man, like learn things, but create at the same time. Don't just learn to learn, just create. You see, I creating this podcast, doing this video. This is this is to me like cooking is like a you're an artist. A cook is an artist, man. Like so, don't just learn things and copy things. Create, that's what brings the fun. That's what makes you get better, by right? trying to create. You're always going to have an old school guy. Well, like I remember mean, the other day, I was making a seafood gumbo. Oh, I don't see no roux on there. The roux is like flour. That's what makes it thick. Dog, I don't have to put roux in my, this is my gumbo, fam. Like, I do it the way I want to do it. I don't want to kill people with a bunch of gluten and some shit. You know what I mean? I can still make it thick like that with the okra and everything without putting me stuff in there. And the old school guy was looking at me like I lost my fucking right? mind. Uh, yeah, no,
0: nah, you got to try this things. So let's, <laughs> is there anything you want to share that, you know, you haven't shared already?
1: Okay, it's cool. You can go to culinary school, which is okay. You learn. This is like a base that you learn. certain things, like a foundation in a way. But you live culinary school, you have a long way to go, man. You really, you don't even know, not even barely half of anything yet. So if you, so if you go pay like, for for example, like forty thousand a year for to call a school like and you're in debt, you're gonna be struggling a lot when you get out of school to pay that debt. Cause after college, you're gonna get paid probably like $12 per hour. And you know, you know, it's a, it's gonna be hard. So I'm not saying tell you not to go to school, but it, it's tough. After you go to school, you don't get paid like someone who you just graduated college or you a degree and stuff. You still start from the bottom, even if you are uh, Went to school for it. It's very, you know, it's it's not an easy thing. It's almost like being a doctor in a way because you never finish learning. It's a million other shit. I mean, that's learn, the
0: beauty so. of the career, right? There's always a new type of cuisine, new type of thing, new trends.
1: Yeah, that's what art is, man. Yeah. Art is like that, man. Like it's, it's, it never and There's no such thing as a finish line when it comes to art said. You start, you just keep going, and you keep learning, you keep growing. That's just the way it is. So. Don't get out of culinary school, dog, and come in. I'm an executive chef. You, know? you start, you still start from the bottom, just like me. I started as a dishwasher. After culinary school, it's like you start as a dishwasher. No, uh, I mean,
0: thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I know the audience, you know, loves your perspective, and it's just cool. You know, you started as a dishwasher. Now you're working in the country club. You know, you brush your teeth in McDonald's and Burger King, and all
1: that. Yeah. All that was part of uh, my foundation of building of becoming who I am today and who I'm gonna be tomorrow.
0: Thank so. you for your time, Thank Jonathan. Me. You know, and follow Jonathan on LinkedIn. We'll have his link in the show notes. He's always sharing cool things. I love the videos and you know, it's inspirational. And then if you're in Miami, go check out his food.
1: Yeah, man, come see me. Um, or you can follow me on Instagram too. My name Jonathan Lamore. Okay. Oh damn, man. hopefully we do another one another time. Yeah, no, it's we'll definitely do
0: like one back stop. and I want to see all the <laughs> crazy things you experiment. So Facebook we'll have those ones you know, to show. Thank you so much for your time, Jonathan. I know the listeners got a lot of value. Keep on experimenting and keep on sharing what you create. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show's worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and we'll go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree, I-N-C. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Junaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D last name iqbal until next time no degree no problem no degree.com yeah
2: so you got no degree no problem no problem any problem we can solve them. we got this LinkedIn insomnia Keeps us evolving Growing in the knowing Wisdom is flowing if you, know, you know if you didn't know Now you know where I'm going If you didn't know Now you know Let's sing that again everybody No degree No problem Any problem we can solve them LinkedIn insomnia Keeps us evolving We're growing in the knowing The wisdom is flowing If you didn't know Now you know where I'm going No degree no, no problem. problem, any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn, Somalia, keeps us evolving. We're growing yeah. in the knowing, the wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you, you know, know where I'm going, going. yeah.